This sermon was recorded Sunday, June 7th, 2020. Pastor Bobby Wood goes through Romans 8 to show the three guarantees of security in salvation. First uh, Thessalonians 5, uh, 18, it says, In everything give thanks. This is the will of God. Amen? So he didn't say for everything. He said in everything. Amen? Praise the Lord. Uh, I'd like to invite you to the New Testament, to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And I, the Lord, just impressed this on my heart, and I, I'm preaching on something this morning that is very dear to my heart, and um, I'm thankful the Lord led me this way. I think it's timely. I think we all need a good word from the Lord, and I want to begin with you know, Paul, when the Apostle Paul said, if Jesus is not alive, all this is in vain. Don't mean nothing, right? And this is sort of the same. If you can't guarantee me a better life, a better world, a better place than this, Let's just turn the lights off and go on. Right? I mean, if this is it, if this world and this is all we have. Now, I'm not, listen now, I chose a word when I said that that you probably didn't catch. If you can't guarantee, because there's a lot, and I'm not picking on anybody, but there's a lot of preaching who can't preach a gospel, who could but won't preach a gospel with a guarantee. They can guarantee you that if you'll trust Jesus, he'll save you, but they can't guarantee after that. Y'all with me? But the Bible clearly teaches an eternal security. Amen. And security is what we all need. I mean, I'm not going to spend time, but in the business world today, security is the big word. Cyber security, internet security, and job security, all these things. So people need security. You know what I'm talking about. It's important that you feel safe and secure. Amen? Amen? And I'm glad this morning that in Christ we are eternally secure. Amen. See, the book of Romans, let me tell you this, because this is why Romans 8 is significant. In Romans chapters 1 through 7, very if maybe one time I think you will hear the Spirit, the Holy Spirit mentioned. Because Paul begins by showing that we've all sinned and fell short of the glory of God and that Jesus has come to die for us and take our place, raise up and save us. And so Paul spends those first seven chapters with this glorious good news of what Jesus has come to do for us. But, but then you get to Romans 7 and you, you find this little, little, not little, but big 
thing the apostle is experiencing. Now listen. He says Christ has come into my life. I'm saved. But he says I still find within me this old nature that still wants to do bad stuff. Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing more frustrating, Sister Becky, than to be saved and struggle living. And so that's why Romans 8 is so important. Because almost 20 times he references the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus come to die and take my sin away and forgive me. But the Holy Spirit was sent to live inside me, to empower me, enable me, guide me, teach me, fill me. Hallelujah. That's why Romans 8 is so important. Because I didn't know that as a young Christian. And I struggled immensely. I want to give you, I'm going to use the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit because that's what's here to show you why we are eternally superior in Christ. And this is some of the most beautiful verses in the whole of the Bible. I tell you what, let's just read them, verses 35 through 39, and then we'll just pick up and I'll give you three verse, three four verses to look at. We're going to have a good, enriching study in God's Word this morning, okay? Um, who? Now, this is the, a question of many questions that's been asked. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Well, that question is asked, and, and clearly I hope you catch the implication, is nothing. And so he, he doesn't give us an exhaustive list, but if you want to make your own personal list, make your own personal list. Paul says, well, tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sore, COVID-19, cancer. Put whatever you want to put. Because the Spirit is saying there's nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. As it is written, for Christ's sake, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We're counted as sheep for the slaughter. Now, you got to remember, I mean, back in those days, Christian persecution was intense. Christians aren't really, you know, loved today. If you're living. Nay. Oh, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. In all these things, whatever you're going through in life, I told you the list is unlimited. In all these things, you would think it would read, we are conquerors. That's enough for me. But the Spirit says, we're more than conquerors. The, the prefix that he uses the word for the, 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 the word for conquer is Nike and I-K-E. You got that in your house, probably got some of it on today. But the spirit adds a little prefix in front of it and calls it super. 
Nike. It's like any, you have a man and then you have Superman. And so the Spirit is saying to you, Christians, you're not just conquerors, you're more than conquerors. In other words, I'm going to get through this trial, I'm going to conquer it. Because God's going to get me through. To be a super conqueror means that not only am I just going to get through it, but I'm going to be stronger and wiser and brighter because of it. Do you see what I'm saying? That's what the Spirit is saying. We're more than conquerors. Man, does that look like your average church or Christian today? Then what about you? You said, boy, I'm really coming short of that. If I stop right there, it would be very arrogant. If I said I can do all things and write a book on positive thinking, I can do all things. But that's arrogant. I can do all things through Christ. And that's what he says right here. We are more than conquerors only through him that loved us. I'm persuaded that neither death, life, angels, principalities, powers, he's talking about demonic influences here, things present, things to come, height, death, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, it's almost as if I just need to close my Bible and say, thank you, Lord, for eternal security, because how can you preach that's so self-explanatory? Why am I, why can I, why is there no separation from Christ? Because in chapter 8, the chapter you're in, in verse 1, and I want you to go back, I want to start at actually verse 1 and 2, and I want you to just make, uh, circle these or write them down. I'm going to give you three solid reasons that you never forget why we are eternally secure and safe in Christ and guaranteed that once you've been born again, you cannot be unborn again. That once you are truly saved, you'll always be saved. You say, well, Brother Bobby, listen, I mean, I know somebody over here lives across the street from me, and they say they're saved, but boy, if you only know how they talk. Oh, so let's all get on our knees and bow to you. It's so holy. That's the most arrogant statement you've ever made, but you can't see yourself in it because pride cannot see itself. F.B. Meyer said something one time, and I love it. He's talking about this. He said, and, and true story number four of me and climbing the Matterhorn, it gets really icy. And the, the guy in the front of the leader was tremendously strong, tremendously experienced, and the three other guys, they wrote themselves together. And he said at one point, they were telling this, at one point the, the guy on the bottom rung uh, started slipping. And the other three guys were tied to him. But the other three guys had got their picks in the ice real good, and so he was able to gain his ground a little higher up. Two men started sleeping. And you could really feel the tug. But the guy in front had so buried and so solidly anchored himself in the ice, the leader got him to the top. And you know, he said, here's what he said. He said, I'm the guy that's always slipping. But I look up, and Jesus is something. 
Hallelujah. And so before you judge anybody, we're always, uh, oh, you know, you ever, you ever had it, listen to that uh, English idiom. Oh, I shouldn't have let that, what? Slip. We're always slipping. Y'all with me? Chapter 8, verse 1. The very first reason we're turning to Scripture is because of the Spirit's dominion. And I've chosen these words out of the text. The Spirit's dominion and His dominion in me and over me. There is therefore when, church, look at the text with me. Now, no condemnation. No condemnation guarantees no separation. There is no condemnation to them that are in Christ. And these people that are in Christ, they walk after the Spirit. Now, let me show you verse 2. This is important. Okay? The law of the Spirit. Now, the word law in the Bible means a governing principle, something that rules over you. Okay? I mean, if you're breaking the speed limit, you're, you're bound by a law. That law rules, and the guy can write you a ticket, so you are bound under that rule. And so spiritually speaking, the law or the rule of the Spirit, watch this, the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, I don't have to ask you this. I know that everybody in this room was born under the law of sin and death. You know what it is to have something inside of you, maybe not inside of you, but you as a person to be drawn to do bad things. Sinning is easy. Saying what we shouldn't say, being where we shouldn't be, doing what we shouldn't do becomes natural to us. Why? Because there's a law within us called the law of sin and death. Just look at our world, man, and you can see this law is governing and ruling and increasing in our world today. And people are bound by this law. I don't care what you do. You can't stop sinning. Hmm? Anybody? You ever tried? You ever tried to kick a habit? Woo! You say, Brother Bobby, I kicked a habit. Yeah, that's just one of how many. But y'all, how many of you know what I'm talking about about this law of sin and death? Now, if you if you argue and say, well, Bobby, I mean, I'm living way up here. I think I'm living above that. Well, how are you going to stop that? How are you going to stop that? That law's in my vein. Unless the rapture comes and Jesus takes me away. The law's in it up here. But, but listen, listen. When Jesus come into my heart, the Spirit came into my heart. And the Spirit brought into me, glory to God, a law that's stronger and bigger than the law of sin and death. That's why it's called the Spirit of life. Death is everywhere. 
I'm not just talking about physical death. I'm talking about the death of homes, the death of churches. I'm talking about depression. I'm talking about fear. I'm talking about everything associated with death, gothic clothing, all the stuff you just see, the atmosphere of death everywhere. And I'm glad, hallelujah, that in this world, there's somebody that lives inside of me who is life, who is alive. And let me tell you, when he rules in the dominion of my life, he guarantees that I am secure in Jesus. That's what the Spirit came to do. He not only come to save me, he come to guarantee me all the way to glory. Amen. Verse 3 clarifies that. You need to see that. Oh, this is just so beautiful right here. Oh, my goodness. You have to just let this soak in. What the law? Oh, we have another law introduced. This is the law of stone. The Ten Commandments, if you will. What the, let's just say that what the Ten Commandments could not do. Because it was weak through the flesh. Are y'all listening to me this morning? Look at me. There's nothing wrong with God's law. Ten Commandments. Perfect. Perfect. Holy. Good. It's not weak. It's weak through the flesh. We're weak. And so I can hand you the Ten Commandments. I'd say, here you go. Make your way to heaven. And, to, and you're going to try. You're going to work so hard. Boy, I tell you what. I'm going to give you maybe uh, what. Just get up and go to work. And you're going to be like, I can't do it. I fail and I fail and I fail. That's exactly right because God didn't give you the Ten Commandments for you to get saved by. He gave you the Ten Commandments as a mirror to see how powerless and helpless you were so you would run to Jesus. Amen. So the law stone, good works and all this stuff. But look, hallelujah, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and in four sin contended. Oh, you got to get verse four. This is magnificent. Only God's word can say this. That the righteousness of the law would be fulfilled where? Yes. You got to mark that. Literally. The, God's law has been fulfilled in us. You say, well, Brother Bobby, you know, that's saying, uh, that's being awful braggadocia about us. No, it's because of Christ. You see, friend, everything Jesus did and accomplished and was and is now has been put to you. And so that's why you are eternally secure because the Spirit has applied to your life everything that Jesus is. And when we stand before God the Father and he says, why, 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 give me one good reason. I should let you into a mansion forever and ever and ever. All you only have one thing to say, and you better make sure that you say this. Father, Christ. But did you know many people are going to answer that? Well, I was baptized. Well, I was a pretty good person. I stopped helping man change the black tire. 
Well, you should let me into heaven because I, I, I never hardly ever miss church. Or they might even say, if Jesus is right, which he's always right, some will even say, you let me in because I did a lot of miracles in your name. He said, miracles don't save. I cast out demons in your name. Jesus said, so? What about me? It's me, friend. Look at me. See these scars? It's me. Amen, church? Amen. I want you to go to verse some. Um, oh, I licked my finger this morning. I'm getting a little confident. You know? <laughs> okay. Verse 31 through 33. I'm eternally secure because the Spirit has come to seal me and live in me and empower me and make sure I get there. Hallelujah. Church, don't take the Holy Spirit for granted. Some of you, you never talked to him. He's your God. He's your comfort. Who is it that when you're going through a horrible storm gives you peace? Huh? When you walk into that funeral home and your heart's breaking, who gives you peace? Huh? It's the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Let's not take him for granted. I, I, boy, I'd just like to preach right there because, you know, Brother L and I were talking earlier. That's the missing link in, in the church arena today is the presence of the Spirit. And brothers and sisters, you don't, you don't go to church to get the Spirit. I don't know how we come up with these crazy cliches. You don't go to church to get the Spirit. If you're a Christian, you, you ought to come in the Spirit. John, Revelation 1.10, John says, I was already in the Spirit on the Lord's day. I didn't, I didn't take a song. I was in the Spirit. I mean, hmm. And, you know, let me just say this here while we've got all day. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I said, you know what? Here's the beautiful thing. When the Spirit's moving, being, you know, when the Spirit's moving, every testimony's good. Every song is good. Sermon ain't too long or too loud. Everybody, I mean, when the Spirit's in it, you can have all kinds of blunders, but everything is working. You take the Spirit out of it, little bitty things irritate you. Verse 31 through 33, if you're there, say amen. You're eternally secure because God the Spirit uh, rules, and second of all, because God the Father, let's call it the Father's declaration. And I'm choosing that word because it's very important. Very important. And I'll show you as we read these verses, okay? Verse 31, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be for He that spared not I hope you're listening as a Christian. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us what? David. I mean, if you think there's something God ain't giving you or doing for you, you better rethink that. If he's going to give the ultimate gift, 
He's guaranteed to take care of the little things. Do you see that? What a what a giving God. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? And here's the phrase. It's God that what? You know what that big word is? It's a courtroom word. And here's what it means, and it is so astounding. Let me put it to you in layman's language. In 19, I don't know, I think 78, I was 14 when I got saved. I think I was 14 somewhere. I don't know. I went to God on my knees as a full-blown sinner, a rebel, worthy of hell. I went to him, my judge, on bended knee. And I begged him, y'all heard my testimony, and I, when I begged out, finally the Spirit aided me and said, I didn't have to beg, just believe on Christ. And I said, okay, thank you, Lord, for saving me. I just put my faith in Jesus. God saved me. Do you know what God did that moment? The judge of heaven looked at this little 14-year-old sinner and when I accepted Christ, God the Father declared from heaven as a judge that this young man, I declare innocent of all his sins. <laughs> but when I got up from my knees, I still messed up down the road. So how could God, who is holy, Declare me a sinner innocent from here to eternity. How could he do it and get by with it? That's right. You listen to me, church. Don't ever think you got mercy. Am I right? Let me tell you something. Don't you and me ever think justice wasn't done. Jesus got the justice. We got the mercy. And God the Father has justified me. He has not made me righteous. He's declared me righteous based on my trust in his perfect son, Jesus Christ. You can't take that away from me. Who can lay anything to my charge? You can't take me back to court. That would be double jeopardy. So I can never be lost again. I can never be a full-blown sinner headed for hell again. Do you know why? Because God said, I'm righteous in Christ. And how dare you? Who do you think you are to declare I'm not? Amen. Amen. And so we have to be careful when we get on our high horse and start pronouncing people lost and we think they're lost. How do you know they ain't backslidden? And God might just turn them around and make them twice of what you are. Huh? Justification is the court. Now, I'll tell you what, oh my goodness, I would not want to have to face God the Father without his son Jesus. Amen. Amen. Because buddy, you're going to get a judge 
who ain't like this world. There ain't no justice much around here these days. And let me tell you, there's justice on the other side. Amen. And that's why we preach the cross, because justice has been paid. The blood has been shed. Forgiveness is available. Amen? Amen. That's why the Spirit says, who can lay anything to the charge of God's will? See, that's the eternal security. Justified. Oh, by the way, can, can, if you don't believe it, let me just back it up and we'll finish here. Let me back it up. Let me, somewhere in here. All right, let's 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 look at verse 30. Come in, let me show you. Let me show you. Okay? Moreover, whom God predestinated, that's where the word elect comes in, he called. That means he went, he knocked on your heart's door. Showed you you were lost. You come to Jesus after he called you. What did he do according to the text you say? What did he do with people he called? He justified them. What does he do according to the Bible with people he justifies? He glorifies. It's a done deal. Your eternal security is based in the solid rock, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's good. If God is for me, and let me tell you something. The devil used to have something on him. The devil could go, nah, 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 nah. I saw him do this. I heard him say that. Now, God, I was a witness to this. He's the accuser of the brethren. But he ain't got nothing on me now. Because Jesus is my defense. And don't, don't get caught up in this crazy stuff of trying to justify yourself. You don't have to tell me how good you are. I mean, to get rid of guilt. No, Christ. 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 By the way, this is where we're closing on Christ. In verse 35, the Spirit's dominion in your life, the Father's declaration over you, and the Son's devotion to you. Jesus' devotion. Do you, do you know how much the Lord loves you? Do you all know how much the Lord loves you? You know what? You're going to get caught up in a trap. You've probably already been there, and you may be there now, but it's a trap, and boy, it's subtle. You'll start living your Christian life, and you'll start doing certain things and not doing certain things because you don't want to lose his love. And the devil will tell you that. God don't love you. But we know the devil's a liar, right? Amen. So the question is, who or what can separate us from his love? Nothing or nobody, church. And you say, well, Brother Bobby, I may leave him and I may quit loving him. Right? What's that change? You say, well, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Quit arguing with the word of God. He loves you. 
care about saying he loves you with an everlasting love. And you say, well, Brother Bobby, I might get unfaithful and die in this certain condition. Yeah, you might. You say, am I going to go to heaven? Yeah, but you're going to look at him with a shame blush bowed head. When other people are going to heaven and Jesus is saying, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And you're going to get there, but you're going to be so humiliated. You're going to fall on your face. And then you're going to know that as horrible as you were, he loved you. <laughs> you can't make me stop loving my child. Man, they might break your heart and tear it out. Turn it upside down. But I don't know what it is. You can't make me stop loving my child. I don't know. You know, people tell me about being popular. I am just... You know... You know, I've heard puppy love, but poppy love. <laughs> I mean, I just, it comes on borders. I can't love it. I Right. You can't make me stop loving. You may put tears in Jesus' eyes. You can't make me stop loving. Once you're his child. That returns to you. And before we close, let me remind you, come on. Don't live life like I lived school. I had a pathetic attitude. Some of you young people, Alex is geared in on me right now. I didn't like school. And so I had set myself, if I can get 70, you know that little passive mark right there? Y'all know what I'm talking about? I don't even know what it is today. I guess everybody gets an eight. <laughs> My attitude was if I can just get that 70, I'll leave. But I didn't realize how vital when you choose certain careers in life, how vital we Christian are. And you know, I meet so many Christians today. They're not more than conquerors. They're just like, hey, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. What? Don't do that. You brothers and sisters, don't fall into the trap that so many believers are falling in today. I want you to make a decision in your own heart and mind. <laughs> if you're satisfied with the Christian that you are, this is what you want to be till Jesus comes. I can't change that. But bless God every now and then for somebody that says, Lord, I want my life to be something. I want my life to make a difference. And I want to touch somebody's life. And I want somebody to get changed by God's power because God changed me. And I want to tell you, friends, it's those Christians that are making a difference in the world that we live in today. 
I'm glad this morning that we are safe in the arms of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Aren't you glad for his love, church? Amen. I'll tell you what, get on your feet with me, please. I won't have you to stand long and we'll have a song, but I just I just want us to just bask in his love this morning. All that you've heard this morning, I want you to just take a minute. We'll have just a uh, some soft instrumental for just a minute or two, Brother Dalton and, and me. And I want you to just, you know, if you're more comfortable like me, closing your eyes, I, I just want to remind you, friend, how much God the Father loves you. How He invested into you. How Jesus stretched his arms out on a cross oh my goodness he loves you and he rules the world don't you want to be on his side in the end Amen. and brothers and sisters I want you to take a minute and appreciate afresh the Holy Spirit who's going to Abide in you and walk out of this building with you and walk in the fire with you. Walk in the storm with you. Glory to God. Give the Holy Spirit honor. He ministers to you in so many ways you can't even imagine. Sometimes we don't know how to pray about things. The burden is too heavy. This person we're praying for, it just there's just nothing there in their life. We can't even find the words. When you run out of words, the Holy Spirit steps in. And he'll give you some heavenly glow because he wants peace. It's his way of saying, I love you, child, and I feel your hurt, and I'm going to groan with you. Hallelujah. Church, don't you love the Holy Spirit? Amen. Amen. What a great God. Man, if you're here today and you've never been saved, I want to tell you, and I want y'all look at me now before we sing. Here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. Everything I preach today, there's, there's no condemnation in earth in Christ in Christ. Nothing can separate us from the love. Nothing principles by those who are in Christ. Let me tell you something. We got to get our kids in Christ. That's the safest place to be for eternity. We got to get pray them into Christ. Amen? Amen? In Christ. If you're outside of Christ, I don't know. Nothing. I don't nothing. No hope. Nothing. So my job is to get you in Christ. Thank you for listening to this sermon from New Life Ministry. We pray that God has spoken to you through it. For more about New Life Ministry, including other sermons, videos, and service times, please visit our website at www.nlmky.org.